Hey church family, today is an extremely special day. Today is Father's Day and I just want to take a moment to honor every father, every father-to-be and uh, sometimes Father's Day can be a difficult one depending on what your relationship has been or maybe you've lost a father. Uh, but I just want to tell every father that's watching that God loves you, you're loved by God and you're a great, you, you have a great opportunity to represent God, who God is in the lives of your kids, in the life of your people. And I just want to say as the pastor of this church that I love you and I'm praying for you. Lee and I are praying for you, especially today. And we just want to know that you are doing better than you think. And so I want to celebrate you. And I love the fact that we are coming to the end of a series. In fact, we've been on a five-week series called When We Pray. And today is the last point and it coincides so well with the whole theme of Father's Day. In fact, if you have been blessed by this series, I want you to put an emoji, like a hand-raised emoji, or if you're watching, if you're in a service, I want you to just give me that. Oh, I feel the love. Look at you. Look at you. I feel the love. Uh, and, and I just, I've been so blessed sharing this, this teaching on the series. In fact, if, you've, if this is your first week watching this or being in part of our services, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take out your phone on your screen. There's going to come up a QR code. That's right. We're doing it 2020 style. There's a QR code on your screen. It's coming right now as I'm speaking. And uh, I want you to pull out the camera app and I want you to just focus that on your screen. It's going to open up a link and the link is going to share with you uh, just the steps of prayer. Now, if you have an Android, God be with you. <laughs> but there is a link. There's probably a link that's going to come up that you can maybe take and slowly type on your Android keyboard. But... <laughs> You're going you're gonna to notice that there's some steps. We're going to look at the steps of prayer. Week one, we looked at the first step of prayer, which is praise. And that's what I do every morning when I wake up. I start by praising God for something new, for something that I've never praised Him for before. That's step one. Step two is repentance. We had an incredible uh, thought on repentance, that repentance is alignment. Step three, which was last three, what a powerful moment. We declared as a church, we declared that we're sons and daughters of the Most High God, we declare that we are royalty. We declare that we are healed. I had so many people asking for the, for the scriptures, and that's going to that's gonna be up on our social media. We declared the goodness of God, and that's the steps I follow in prayer. And, and today I want to talk about the last thing I do when I pray, which is ask. Ask. In fact, the title of my message is Just Ask. Such a simple, I have a very simple message, but I believe it's such a prophetic and it's such a profound message. In fact, the first time I heard this whole thought was from a friend of mine, Pastor John Cameron in New Zealand, where he talked on this topic of ask. And as he was sharing it, something rose up in me. And the scripture I want to sort of form the blueprint on the whole premise of this conversation is found in Joshua chapter 15. Let me read it to you. Joshua chapter 15, verse 13, it says, So Caleb was given the town that is Hebron which had been named after Anak's ancestors. Caleb drove out, drove out the three groups of the Anakites. Verse 15, from there he went to fight against the people living in the town of Debir. Caleb said, I will give my daughter Aksa in marriage to the one who attacks and captures the town. Othniel, the son of Caleb's brother, was one who conquered it, so Aksa became Othniel's wife. When Aksa married Othniel, she urged him to ask her father for a field. As she got down off her donkey, Caleb asked her, what's the matter? Verse 19, she said, give me another gift. I want you to say that after me. Give me 
another gift. You've already given me land in the Najav. Now please give me springs of waters too. So Caleb gave her the upper and the lower springs. 40 years ago, before this particular scripture that we're reading, Caleb was a young man and he was sent as a spy to look at this land that God had promised the nation of Israel. 40 years later, Caleb the warrior, Caleb the conqueror, had occupied all these cities and all these lands, had great possession. And his eyes fell on the plain of Hebron and he said, I want that territory. But then he said, here's what I want to do. I want to create a challenge. He says, I've got a beautiful girl. I've got a beautiful daughter named Aksa. And I'm going to give her to the man that's going to occupy this mountain. I mean, that's a lesson in itself that men, that if we, we, women are drawn to people that are occupying spaces. Women are drawn to people that are taking on a challenge. And how many of you know that there's nothing more attractive to a young man who has been given a challenge with a damsel in distress. And so we've got Othniel that rises up. I'm joined today by our worship team. That's the noises that you're hearing in the background. We've got Othniel who rises up and he occupies that city and he gets the girl. He gets the girl, Aksa. And as a wedding gift, the Bible says, Caleb gives his daughter and son-in-law the land of the Najaf. He says, I want to reward you with this land. Now, while they've gone on honeymoon, Aksa says to Othniel, I've loved what dad has given to us, but I don't know if you've noticed, across that same part, across that property, across that town, there are springs, there is, there's rivers, there's, there's all these beautiful lakes, and if we get that portion of land, if we get that portion of land, it's going to set us up for life. It's not just going to set us up, it's going to set our kids, and your kids, and our kids, and it's going to be beautiful. And so we notice in Scripture that Othniel begins to become a bit hesitant. He's like, your dad's a bit intimidating. He's a big warrior. We've read stories about him. We studied about him in kids' church. You know, like, you know, he, he's just a bit, you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of happy with what I have. I'm happy with Najav. But, but she's like, no, 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 you gotta, you got to sort of do something. And so the story goes on to say that on their way back from the honeymoon, and so you can imagine Caleb standing out in the veranda, daughters coming back from honeymoon. For every young man, you know, the most awkward moment is when you're about to meet the dad after the honeymoon. And so they're walking and he's looking because he's like, have they had a good time? Has he taken care of my baby? Has he taken care of my princess? And as they're walking, he can see a bit of distress. He can see a bit that, that, that there's a bit of, uh, you know, his daughter seems a bit uncomfortable. And the Bible goes on to say that, 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 that as she gets off the donkey, that he says, why are you in distress? And then she says these words. She says, give me another gift. You've already given me the land in the Najab. Now please give me the springs of water. And the Bible goes on to say, So Caleb gave her the upper and the lower springs. Friends, when I heard this scripture a couple of years ago, it completely changed my posture in how I approach God. It completely changed my attitude when I pray. If we are not careful, we will, be cons we will be convinced that Aksa was arrogant for asking for more. But my Bible teaches me that she had the right posture that said that, thank you for what I have, but I know that God has given me more. I, I know that God has entrusted me with more. I know that there's something in me that wants for more. When I look at our church, when I look at church across the body of Christ, somewhere along the way, we have stopped believing for big things. 
In fact, I feel like when we meet a person that believes or thinks a bit big, we see that as a bit arrogant. Somewhere along the way, it's considered sinful to dream big, to think big, to ask big. But I want to shake our faith this morning. And maybe what God is looking for is He's looking for a generation that would ask more than they could imagine or think. That's going to believe for a bit more. Now, as I even talk about, about this whole thing about asking for more, I want, you to, I want to sort of give a disclaimer that I'm thankful for my salvation. I'm thankful for the saving grace of Jesus. I'm thankful for eternal life. I'm thankful for eternity. And I'll be thankful. But having said that, the fact that Jesus has saved me, the fact that Jesus has saved you, is anything but an indication that He saved us for a greater life. He's saved us for a bigger ask. He's saved us for a bigger dream. He's saved us for a bigger hope. He has saved us for a bigger vision. James chapter 4 verse 2 it says, you want what you don't have. So you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and you wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. What a funny scripture. Friends, when we see people around us being blessed, we will scheme, we will kill, we will even pray that God takes that away. But the one thing we don't do is we, we don't ask for it ourselves. Oh God, if you could bless me with that home. Oh God, if you could bless me in my marriage. Oh God, if you could bless me in my finances. Oh God, if you could bless our church. Oh God, if you could bless what your hand is on. I, I pray that that would be our posture as we step into this spirit of prayer that I've been talking about over the last few weeks, that we will be people that would ask. Luke chapter 11, verse 9, it says, So I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Matthew 7, verse 11, it says, So if you sinful people know how to give goods to your, good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? John 16 verse 24, you haven't done this before. I feel like this is a prophetic word for somebody. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. I feel like I'm here to tell somebody you haven't done this before. You're like, what? Just ask. Just ask. Oh, I pray that as you're, as you're listening to this message that you would ask God for something. For that mountain to be moved. For that miracle to happen. For that healing to take place. I pray that I'm firing up somebody in our services, over our groups, or online. That you would say, I'm going to believe for big. Once upon a time, I believed for something big. But for whatever reason, life has taken roots and grown tentacles around my dream. And I'm just sort of paralyzed in, in this place. And I can't seem to move. But friend, I'm praying that you would be propelled to ask like never before. See, a lot of times... We don't ask because we call timidity humility. We call fear godly. But I believe that we can still ask from a posture of humility. I remember when I was 14, I had a vision. It was not this big vision. It was just a little whisper that God was putting a dream in my heart for the nation of Australia. I had no family. 
I'd never met anybody from Australia. I had no connections to Australia. It made no sense. But there was something in me that said, God, I know that you've got a purpose for me. And I know you've got a greater purpose for that nation. And there was something that began to burn in my heart. And I found one scripture from Psalm chapter 2 verse 8. This is what it says. Only ask. And I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the whole earth as your possession. I remember as a 14-year-old boy, I printed out two maps, a map of Australia and a map of the Middle East. And I had it in my wallet. And almost every night when I'd go to bed, I would take out these two maps and I'd say, God, I asked for the nation. I asked for the nation. Funny as it is, 16 years later, we have two churches in two locations, one in Australia, one in Dubai. But I'm here to tell you that that wasn't the ask. The ask wasn't about a church in two nations. The ask was about the nations. And so I want to prophesy that the, uh, uh, the fact that we've got a footing in this nation and in the nation of Dubai is just an indication that God has given us the land to possess. God has given us places to go. God has given us churches to plant and buildings to possess for the glory of God. Zechariah chapter 10 verse 1 it says, Ask the Lord for rain in springtime. It rains in springtime, but you got to still ask for rain. Uh, another translation says, Ask for rain. In the time of rain, I want to sort of paraphrase it. Ask for a downpour when you're in downpour. Ask for revival when you're in revival. Ask for more presence when you're in God's presence. Ask for more blessing when you are being blessed. She had a piece of land, but she asked for more. You know, we see this pattern of audacious asking throughout Scripture. This is not a one story of one girl, one situation, one occasion. We see this through and through the Bible. A man called Joshua in the middle of a battle, says to God, God, I want to win this battle. I need you to promise me victory. And God says, I promise you victory. And then he says something so radical. He says, oh, that if the sun would stand still. And the Bible goes on to say that the sun literally stops moving. The sun stands still. I mean, for that to happen, that was not just a decision that the sun needed to make. That was an earthly decision. That was a celestial decision. Something needed to happen with the moon. I mean, God moved all of galaxy because one man asked. We read about another guy a few weeks ago. I preached about this guy called Jabez. And the Bible says that he was named Jabez because he was birthed in pain and his mother called him pain. He went to school being called pain. Everywhere he went, he was called pain. And the Bible says Jabez asked and he said, Oh, that you would bless me. Oh, that you would extend my territories. Oh, that your hand would be upon me. On and on we see the blessings of God. There's another king in the Bible called Hezekiah. And the Bible says that God sends prophet Isaiah. You know when Isaiah rocks up to your home, it's going to be fairly accurate. Isaiah meets Hezekiah and says, get your life in order because you're about to die. And the Bible says that Isaiah is walking back. And as he's walking back, Hezekiah begins to pray. And the Bible says that the heavens open and God added 15 more years to his life. There's somebody watching me right now. You've been given a death report from the doctors. But I'm here to tell you that God can extend. God can expand. God can increase. He's a God of increase. He's a God of expansion. And he wants to respond to your ask. You know, when I was studying this whole topic about ask, we, we sort of look at it as a... In, we've all got categories like grace, you know, hope, love. And then ask is like in the bottom shelf category, right? When I looked at the words of Jesus, Jesus taught 10 times 
about forgiveness and he taught 14 times about asking. We will read so much in scripture about the power of asking. I was thinking about the story. I was thinking about the three characters in the story. You've got Caleb, the father. You've got Othni, the husband. And you've got Aksa, the daughter. And I begin to wonder, you've got Othni, the powerful warrior. Othni, the guy who took territories. You've got little Aksa, the princess. But why was Othni hesitant? And why was Aksa confident? I wonder if it's because Aksa knew the father. I wonder if Othni knew him as the father-in-law, but yet Aksa knew him as the father in love. Let me tell you something. When you know the father's heart, you can confidently, boldly, go into his presence and say, God, you know my heart. I'm your child. I'm your daughter. I'm your son. Oh, I feel the anointing as I'm saying this because there's been somebody that's been living such a low life because you thought that's what Christianity is. But I'm here about to shake something in, in, in this room and I'm about to say to you that God wants to shift that. God wants to change that. He's not your father in law. He's not your father by law. He's your father by grace. And he's a good, good father. And when when you ask you can hear and when you ask he will answer and I want to just give this opportunity right now maybe you've known God as a father but maybe you've known him just as a distant father but maybe you got to know him the way Aksa knew her dad that when I call on daddy's name he will move all of heaven he will move all of earth to respond to me and I want to pray for people right now father I pray for people watching I pray for people that as they stretch forth their hands, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will, that we would, we would, we would actually ask for something that heaven would actually respond to. That maybe our ask is so low that heaven is bored. Maybe our ask is so little that it is only by the usage of our hands that that will happen. But Father, I pray today that you would shift our faith to a place of audacious thinking, that we would have people that would dream for nations, that would dream for cities, that would dream for businesses, that would dream for homes. That I, I even sense there are people with broken relationships right now, been through a divorce, been through distress, been through a breakup. And I pray and I prophesy that you would believe again that God can restore all things. God can, God can bring it to pass in such a miraculous way. I pray that over your church. I pray that over your people. And I pray that we would be a group of people that would ask with confidence because you're our father by grace in your name we pray amen amen and amen